You're listening to Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. I have with me here at Walkabout Creek and at the Inaugural Reserve, Shelley Lloyd. Shelley, you're a former ABC newsreader from ABC Brisbane Radio, mm-hmm. but you've worked at Mount Cutha, you've worked at the ABC studios at South Bank and Tawong, but you are a Gap resident. Mm-hmm. So for the non-Brisbane people that tuning in, we've got a suburb called The Gap, and The Gap is right beside Mount Cutha. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about Mount Cutha with Bluey, we're under the transmission towers that we always see blinking in the background behind Bluey's house. So we are here at The Gap, right on the edge, actually, of a national park, and we're talking to you about Gap life. I'm going to throw it back to you. Tell me about what's so lovely about living here at The Gap. Well, look around you. We're eight k's from the CBD and we're surrounded by bushland and birds and a beautiful reservoir. It's a little bit of paradise and it's a little bit of a secret and it's just lovely. And we're giving it away. You're very lovely to come here giving away all these secrets. Don't tell too many people. And it's an incredible um, fact too, the Inogra Reservoir. Like this is the head of Inogra Creek as well. Mm -hmm. On Bluey, the episode The Creek, that is The Creek from The Gap, um, where that episode takes place. Um, there's a huge body of water up here known as the Inaugura Reservoir. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what's on the doorstep here on Brisbane's outskirts. Well, the reservoir was Brisbane's original water source. So the, the very first, you know, source of water for the, the fledgling Brisbane community. Um, but it's also extremely beautiful and it's really only been opened up to the southeast Queensland community in the last couple of years, probably about the last 10 years. Um, until then, it was really closed off. It was not, you weren't able to go out on a kayak. You weren't able to, to swim in the reservoir. But um, in recent times, it's been opened up and it's just, it's beautiful. It's been discovered by Brisbane residents. It's been discovered by international backpackers. Buses run from the city out to here and they the backpackers get off with their inflatable toys and float out on the reservoir and listen to the bellbirds and listen to the whipbirds. And it's just um, a peaceful little oasis, which is just so close to the city, but it's just so beautiful. I wasn't anticipating that there could be watercraft here. Mm. So I actually feel underpacked. I feel like we should have been floating <laughs> under some big hats and um, just lazily drifting across the water out here. This is pretty lovely. You are right, the buses. So we're just going to do a bit of a shout-out. If you do want to make a bit of a bluey day out, you can actually catch a bus from the Cultural Centre right beside the Queensland Museum, Mm -hmm. and it stops just before here, about 500-metre walk. Yep, not far, the 385. The 385 Cultural Centre bus. I clocked it as I was coming in here in my car as well. But there's plenty of parking here so you can bring as much watercraft or eskies or anything else you want to bring. It does get very busy on the weekend. So would a hot tip for you be try and make it a weekday to have the place to yourself? I mean, we have it practically to ourselves right here. Mm. If you come on a weekday, it's very quiet and it's very peaceful. Saturday afternoon, because Walkabout Creek hosts weddings, it's pretty much a no-go zone. It's just so busy. Um, So Sunday afternoon, late in the afternoon, um, on a hot summer's day, it's just delightful. But weekday, if you want it to yourself, that's the time to come. When you were news reading for ABC Brisbane Radio, you were actually quite well known for your photography and it was photography that was in your backyard of the Gap and this sort of area. What sort of things do you love to take photos of? 
Um, I love to take photos of birds. Um, there's a, a large flock of um, cockatoos that roost at the reservoir. So late in the afternoon as the sun is setting, the cockatoos will fly into the reservoir and it's a racket. It is really, really noisy, but also quite spectacular with these noisy, flappy, crazy birds flying in. So um, there is actually a secret side to the reservoir that only the locals know about. So it's around the other side that you can access through... um, I'm not going to tell you how, but you can get down there uh, and you can actually watch the sunset behind the water, which is a special thing for Brisbane people because we don't get to see that very much. Um, So I would... um, drag a reluctant teenager down there quite regularly with my camera and we would watch the birds fly in and we'd watch the bats fly over and we watched the sunset behind the reservoir and I used to take a lot of photos there. Uh That explains a lot of your photos. We've got a hot tip there. Listeners, just go and try and see if you can find her secret (laughs) spot. Um, One of the things also too, you with your bird photography, you also do a lot of urban landscapes with birds. Working at the South Bank Studios um, for ABC Brisbane Radio, I mean, there's a infamous or famous, depends on your point of view, resident population of bin chickens, mm-hmm. the native ibis. Do they make for a majestic photo? I'm not a huge fan of the ibis, I'm afraid to say, um, but... You know, any bird and every bird in flight is a beautiful thing. So even the ibis with its ugly red underwing uh, can take a pretty picture. Um, Yeah, see, there's actually quite a large bird population, even in the inner city at South Bank. Um, And, you know, if if I can give you another little tip about photography, the the best time of day for photography, I mean, photography is all about light. Mm. Um, So... Sunrise and sunset is the time to be out taking pictures and coincidentally that's the time when the birds are most most active. So um, it doesn't matter where you are, you can be right in the heart of the city, you can be out here at the reservoir, you can be up Mount Kutha, you can be anywhere. You will always find birds at that time of day. When you were working at Mount Kutha, tell us a little bit about the work you were doing at Mount Kutha. So which of the TV stations were you based at? Was it the ABC? Well, there's a bit of a backstory to that. The reason we were at Mount Kutha was because of um, the cancer cluster at the Tawong site. So all the ABC staff at the Tawong site were bugged out. Um, that site was closed down and we were working at numerous different locations around uh, Brisbane. The um, ABC Brisbane newsroom was moved to uh, Channel 10 Studios up at Mount Kutha. Oh, wow. So you were like Shem? We were... House shamans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flatmates. So they were upstairs and we were downstairs and um, different other sections of the ABC, the local radio team they were at Tawong um, the digi team was somewhere else so we were all over the place so uh, news however was was up Mount Kutha. and that was um, an interesting drive to work um, uh, as you know it's a very windy road up Mount Kutha and in the dark in the early hours of the morning um, it's you would think it would be a lonely place but it's not Mount Kutha is heaving with cyclists at four o'clock in the morning and driving up that windy road in the dark, it was actually quite terrifying sometimes because cyclists, um, while they go up very slowly, they come down very quickly. They do, uh, yes. And quite often in the middle of the road. So 
That's one of my lasting memories of working at Mount Cutha was just the terrifying drive to work in the morning, trying not to collect a cyclist. Yes. You've been walking um, the walking trails most recently too up at Mount Cutha. What has been some of the best experiences of doing those walking trails for wildlife or bird life for you? There, there are so many walking trails in Mount Cutha, first of all. I, I had no idea how many there were. I mean, I think most people in Brisbane have at some stage been to Slaughter Falls and have done the walk up Mount Cutha track that way. But there are literally dozens and dozens of other trails around Mount Cutha. So if you get the chance, it's really good and really fun to check those out. Uh, any trail is a good trail for exploring Brisbane and wildlife and you really need to give yourself the time and the space to appreciate that. You really need to to be still and to be quiet and to look around because when you when you stop and listen, that's when you find stuff, that's when you see stuff and that's when that sort of magical, you know, connection with the environment happens. What are your memories of... South Bank in terms of what do you think are the glorious aspects of that South Bank precinct? You would think that it would be busy and noisy and um, I mean you're right in the CBD but there's little pockets of nature and green and and beauty at South Bank that a lot of people don't realise are there. Like there's a little rainforest walk right in the middle of, of South Bank, which is very rarely used and noticed. And if I needed a moment of sanity in the middle of a busy news day, I would take a quick walk outside and go down the rainforest path and just, you know, look at the light reflecting through the massive big green leaves and um, it was just a nice little pause in the day to escape, you know, the hurly-burly. But amazing to think that that's there right in the middle of the city. The other thing that I really, really love about the South Bank Parklands is the, um, the veggie garden. I think a lot of people don't know that there's a veggie patch right in the middle of South Bank. There really and is, One yes. of the uh, most pleasant days I've ever had there was walking around um, on the weekend and there was a baby possum munching on something in the middle of his... Of course there was. <laughs> in the middle of the day. Like, you know, you don't see possums very often, you know, on the ground in the middle of the day. Um, but, you know, that's pretty special, isn't it, to, to see that in the middle of the city. And there's not many cities, I think, that can claim native wildlife mm. will just feel so comfortable in these urban areas mm. and happily eat the food on, on tap. Indeed. So yep. with living at the Gap too, like, why do you love being here at the Gap? It's almost like a real estate pitch to you, but tell us a little bit about Gap life. Mm. Well, speaking of real estate, we have lived in the Gap for 20 years now and when we moved back here, like I was born in Brisbane, we, went, we were living in Canberra for a number of years and my, two of my children were born in Canberra and we came back when they were toddlers and were looking for somewhere to live and we were talking to a real estate agent in Ashgrove and said that we would really like to look at some houses in the Gap and this guy said, what would you want to live in the Gap for? Like, only people who can't afford to live in Ashgrove live in the Gap. And we thought, you're a bit of a deal um, and promptly bought a house in the Gap because... I mean, like I said at the start, look around. You're surrounded by bushland and trees and, you know, it's it's 20 minutes to the city. It's a no-brainer, really. It's a huge 
uh, essentially a huge playground on your doorstep. You have Diagonal National Park as your backyard neighbour. It's incredible, um, the green Bris- space yep. here. Brisbane Forest Park on one side, Diagonal National Park on the other. Um, literally, the gap is behind a gap in... Um, <laughs> Hence the name. <laughs> the Mount, Mount Cutha and um, the Taylor Range. So, um, you know, we are spoiled because we're surrounded by bushland. Um, you know, and there, there are perils to that as well. There was um, a time probably, you know, about 15 years ago where large parts of Mount Cutha were, were on fire. That's true, um, yes. And that's, um, you know, that's part of living in bushland and, and being conscious of, um, you know, the preparations you need to make. Um, when you live so close to the bush. And the Gap made headlines about, oh, I'm being tested here, about 10 years ago when a mini cyclone, um, essentially, in terms of definition of the, the wind strength and the storm intensity that rips through here too. And for it took a good 24 hours for the rest of the city to realise we had a whole suburb that had been cut off um, with trees down. People literally couldn't leave, um, made many of the roads. And that don't mean to scaremonger because I'm not, but actually that's been a bit of a defining moment for the community of The Gap too. I mean, everyone has incredible memories they've shared of how people banded together mm. for days without power. Mm. Were you affected by that, uh, The Gap storm? We were. We had um, a significant amount of damage to the house, so much so that we had to move out of the house for a while while repairs were done. But we weren't alone. As you mentioned, there were a lot of people that had a lot of damage. And that day, that afternoon, is embedded in the memory of everyone who was here because that storm came from the south and storms don't come from that way no, very we're not often. Used to that here. Yes. And um, I remember my neighbour yelling out over the fence, there's a storm coming, but it's not coming from the way it usually comes. You better be careful. And um, we, um, we had a very large fig tree in our front yard, a very old fig tree, and we're sitting in the lounge room and we saw that fig tree bend sideways and that's when we said we better go and hide and you know we're trying to jolly the kids along because they were quite little and were a bit frightened and we ended up um, sheltering in a bathroom downstairs because we thought that might be the safest place and we were all fine but it was still it was a it was a terrifying afternoon but the result of that was as you mentioned an incredible response from the community where you know you know people were we're coming out and supporting each other and helping clean up and, you know, putting on barbecues. I mean, power was out for days and days and days, so people were cooking whatever was in their fridge and their freezer and, you know, handing it out to the neighbours. So, yes, um, and as, street barbecues, the whole mm-hmm. street coming out, no power, so that mm-hmm. dust time, the huge cook-ups of the freezers mm. and there's a certain melancholy when everything was cleaned up, power was on and repairs were underway that suddenly this community-based sort of meal was gone. And it's, but yet, I think a lot of more stronger relationships were mm. forged out of that. Absolutely. And a bit more of a pride, perhaps, even in the suburb. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned about taking time to look around mm. and be still. How about we get our skates on mm. and we go for a walk down to the reservoir and check it out? How Love does that to. sound? Yep, Done. sounds good. We're doing the track now down to the Inogra <laughs> Reservoir. And... Um, there's a platypus here at the Walkabout Creek Discovery Centre. Inside there is, there is, there's the platypus and there are some kangaroos out the back. Um, it's really a chance for people just to come and have a look at the sort of wildlife that perhaps is not 
in the creek anymore, but it used to be. There was a time um, back in the day where uh, you could see platypus in Inogra Creek. Um, there's a little lagoon um, out the back of um, the Gap State High School that, um, where the creek runs you know, through the Gap um, that's been a, a favourite for the kids to go swimming for years and years and years. And um, long-time locals say that they used to be able to see platypus in there. No, I don't think they've been seen for a very long time. So it's nice that they've got a resident here at least, um, just to do a bit of a nod, I think, back to the original landscape here. Yes. Before we built houses before we came, yep. of course. Yep. One of the things I notice when you're driving up Waterworks Road to get to the Gap, you drive through Red Hill, Bluey and the Healer's House, the tin roof cottages in the Queenslanders. You go through Ashgrove for that very Ashgrovian Art Deco, Art Nouveau um, sort of roof lines and house designs. When we get to the Gap, it's a very modern suburb. Like mm -hmm. we're talking, there might be some mid-century homes of the 60s. It'd be rare for a 50s house around here, but the 70s hit the Gap. Lots of brick and tile um, yep. developments. Yep. So the um, the 60s were the, was one of the earlier estate developments in the Gap. Um, so that's sort of just really at the back of Ashgrove, and there those lovely long sloping roofs. Think the think the Brady Bunch kind of house. Very Brady Bunch. And yeah. then the 70s, the development moved further out, and they're all you know brick and tile and mission brown paint and lots of raked ceilings and exposed beams and all that sort of thing. So there's um, quite a bit of different architecture in the Gap. I have a girlfriend that lives in um, one of the original farmhouses in the Gap because, of course, the Gap was originally, way back in the day, a very large sheep farm. And then post-World War I, um, they divided up the Gap into settler locks for the um, soldiers who came back from the war. And there, was, there were sheep farms, there was a dairy farm. There was even a jam factory in the Gap, Mason's Jam Factory, which is long gone. Um, so there are some very old colonial style houses in the gap not many and no they're quite hidden yes. they're lovely little secrets again are, you yeah. gap residents with your secrets and my girlfriend tells a story that um um lady flo bioki peterson's family used to come and holiday in her house and it was a day-long trip from town on a cart out along waterworks road which is a track um, out to the Gap and they would have a holiday. So it was, you know, some families back in the day in Brisbane would, would do the same and go down to Redcliffe and have a holiday down by the bay. Um, but uh, it seems the Gap was also a holiday destination. And I'm not surprised because we're just coming out here. There's some kids that are going for a float in the reservoir. The water lilies are blooming. They're pretty, aren't they? Shelley, you're kind of you're showing off here for the Gap <laughs> and... Um, I think this is a fantastic show. This is really quite beautiful. It's very pretty. Can you hear the birds? We've got the kookaburras having a good old laugh at us or with us, one of the two. I mean, this is incredibly scenic. I would holiday here um, if I was Lady Flo as well. I mean, this is beautiful, isn't it? It's just an oasis, isn't it? It's just so pretty. And we've got now watercraft, so you can get a kayak and canoes out, you can hire those. And you can paddle right around the dam. It's deceptively large actually, you can go up around the corner there and around for quite a way, so you can have a decent paddle. There's a 5k circuit where you can pretty much walk around the dam as well. And, um, a lot and of we can see a pair of uh, walkers right now 
I suspect the they're going past your secret spot because that ah. would be ideal where that is for a no. sunset at west. No, no damn, I'm hoping to that. get that secret out of no. me. It's, it's even better than that. <laughs> She's going to keep it close to her chest, I think. It really is incredible that you can be 8Ks from the heart of a city and you've got this huge body of water, gum trees, and mm-hmm. the kookaburras are calling. This and, is peak Australia, isn't it? Yeah, and Norfolk Pines in and the middle Norfolk over there. Norfolk Pines, yes. That all survived the gap storm. A lot of them didn't, but these ones right over in the middle there did. And the kids are just having a ripper of a time in the water. <laughs> the lovely thing in summer is that the water, it's actually very deep. So it's, it's, um, it's quite cold. So it's very refreshing Brilliant. on a really hot summer's day. Do you remember as a kid when you go swimming in a, a natural water course, like up the top would be warm, but the further down you got it got oh, colder and colder. Oh, yes. And it was a little bit scary and creepy, but it felt really good. <laughs> What's the most startling um, animal or bird you've seen here? Um, I have seen a few um, raptors out here. I've seen a few, um, few eagles. Um, I've never actually caught them, like on camera taking a photograph of them Um, I think I was so gobsmacked that I saw one but um, I just didn't quite move quickly enough Um, it's certainly lots of cockatoos because they roost out here in the afternoon over the night Um, plenty of kookaburras Um, my favourite though are the king parrots I love king parrots and always in pairs of course Um, so you see them out here a lot one day I was sitting over here the kids were swimming in the water and I was just having a lovely lie on the grass and a giant monitor lizard ran down one tree and up the other and I don't think I've ever moved so fast in my life (laughs) and there may have been a few blue words (laughs) there's quite a lot of them around here as well monitor lizards are very good at uh prematurely ageing a lot of humans, I think. (laughs) Oh, this is just so peaceful. It's lovely, isn't it? The photos actually online don't do this justice for real life. No, it doesn't. Yep, just fantastic. It's worthwhile even saying too, we've got maybe, if we're lucky, 12 people here. That's including us. Mm. And it's all ages. A young couple, families with kids, pretty sure granddad's brought the kids down. Um, for a cheeky day out on a school day. <laughs> and we've got some little toddlers as well who aren't ready to go to school yet, just chilling out on the banks of this huge reservoir. It's beautiful. Yeah, nice place to bring the kids, isn't it? Oh, the yeah. locals call it the resi, I should tell you. You've got to get the lingo right. It's the resi. The resi. Yeah. Shelley, describe, you know, how you've interacted with this, being a resident of the resi. So after school drop-off sometimes, um, my girlfriend and I will meet here and we'll sit on the edge there and put on some flippers and grab a noodle and just kick from one side of the resi to the other and just talk and gossip the whole way. It's a really nice way to pass the morning and we get exercise at the same time. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I don't think you can talk about the gap without talking about snakes. I mean, you remember the... The creek episode of Bluey? I do. Where they're walking along and Dad says, watch out for the drop bears. And they go, really? He says, no, but you better watch out for snakes. 
And that's something you really do have to watch out for in the gap because there does seem to be a proliferation of snakes, good ones too, bad ones especially. Um, lots of pythons. Um, we've, we've seen a lot of pythons at our place, but um, there are brown snakes as well. Um, so you steer clear of those. Um, I've got a couple of snake stories. Um, one Christmas we got our then three-year-old um, a couple of guinea pigs for Christmas set up in a... Um, a special snake preventing eating guinea pigs cage and then went away on holidays and left um, our neighbour looking after beautiful fluffy little guinea pigs and she came over to feed them one day and found a very large python inside the cage with two big bumps um, in his belly and unfortunately you own a snake now. We own a snake, <laughs> not guinea pigs, um, which is very traumatic for the three-year-old, but um, unfortunately part of life in the gap. You know, it's very hard to keep chooks um, uh, when you're living alongside snakes. Um, our dog actually got bitten by a snake on the schnoz. Um, he was ferreting around in the garden and got uh, bitten by a whip snake, and we didn't realise until... 24 hours after when he was a bit dopey because normally he's just crazy um, and he was going very slow and we thought wow there's something wrong with him took him to the vet and the vet shaved off his muzzle and found you know fang marks on his on his oh, mouth wow. um, so he lived to tell the tale um, but yeah an awful lot of snakes in the gap and I think it's one of those things being in here in Brisbane you we are so close to nature like this on our doorstep and it's more about keep an eye out just keep it you know, watch underfoot mm. uh, and enjoy it. Like, don't mm. let, you know, the idea of a snake stop you from coming out here because this right. is sensational. Yep, that's right. We had neighbours find a, a little snake in their garden and they wanted to call the, the snake catcher and said, it's it's a python, it's not going to hurt you, just move around, it'll be gone very soon. But, yeah, it's about learning to live with nature around you and, um, as you say, don't be afraid of it, just give it a, a wide berth if it's going to bite you and hurt you. But, um, that's, that's the beauty of living here. Oh, absolutely. Like looking here at the, the resi, uh, I'm sold. I'll pull up a, you know, a bit of sandstone block and just look out. I'll share this with the snakes yep. and everything else. We need to get some flippers on now. I think Go it's time to float. <laughs> a couple of cold ones, a big sombrero hat. You're sorted for summer here. You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane. Good morning. This is Shelley Lloyd for Bluey's Brisbane.